Well, thanks so much, Kimberly, for joining me today. Super excited to talk to you. You are building one of the most interesting products that I've seen in a while for, for this space that, that I've been in for so long. And it's 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 going to be really, really powerful once uh, everybody continues to, to learn more and more about it. Uh, but before we get into Novian, tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, before I even started Novi and maybe what was what was the idea catalyst of it? Well, thank you, Grant. Really excited to be here and to chat with you. So uh, a little bit about my journey, which is really interesting. Uh, my background's actually in data science and tech. I've been doing software development pretty much my entire career. I started off actually as a data scientist in the Air Force um, and served and was a captain and did some really cool stuff on top secret security clearances. But ultimately, <laughs> um, when I was studying data science at MIT in the early days, I was just super fascinated about how it was being leveraged in tech and found my way out to Silicon Valley in the Bay Area to explore that. I did a couple of things in between, built the data science organization for a tech company called Eventbrite, but ultimately I've always been extremely passionate about health, wellness, the environment, sustainability. That's just been core to who I am. I decided to uh, tackle that problem and co-found a company before this, deciding that we wanted to leverage data to bring um, better products to market for consumers. That was basically the thesis. And we ended up raising a round of venture capital and bringing a company called Naked Poppy to life. And this was the very first time I'd ever been around manufacturing or physical product development. Very naively, um, thought that there would be a lot of data and interesting information in order to do this in a more calculated way. And very early on found that there was no information and getting data on the materials that we wanted to use and their impact on health and the environment was actually just non-existent. And so started to do a lot of research with brands and brands more broadly around, you know, household cleaning products and food and learned that there was a pain point where many, many brands were struggling to find better materials, understand the materials they were using. Using. And so I saw this as a data problem and started to tackle it holistically. And that's actually how Novi came to be. It's a very interesting confluence of my background in data, my background in tech, and then my very deep, profound passion for health and the environment. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think over the last, you know, years and years that, you know, I've been covering the space and, and you've been in it and many brands and consumers ha have been in it. It's, you know, it's really difficult to kind of understand perhaps all the labeling, right? And is this, you know, how do we, how do, how do you determine as a consumer, right? If this is greenwashing or if this is real yeah. deal and kind of understanding everything that's involved with buying, you know, a product, which really matters. Like we always talk about like your dollars matter. And it's, it's a very powerful statement you make when, so, when you buy something. And I think having the ease that the consumer can understand this a lot more. And then we'll get to obviously the brand side and creating sustainable products and brands. That's huge. But even from a, from a consumer side, it's such a, it's such a huge, huge confidence boost knowing that, you know, as these brands come out, they, they can be trusted that they are who they say they are because of these, whether it's certifications, whether it's the new manufacturing coming out. But I guess from a data point of view, how do you put this all together? Because it feels like it would be the issue going to the suppliers and the manufacturers. They, not like, not ancient, right? But they are, it's it's sort of the, the, call, the supply chain part of all of this. Like technology has hit everything above the supply chain part, right? But like yep. these foundational level of technology has not really hit yet. Yeah. Um, and so this is 
this is going to be really, really powerful. So I guess explain what Novi is and what it does and how it's going to help this yep. whole this whole economy. Well, the one early and very interesting finding that we found when we started to talk to more of the chemical suppliers, packaging suppliers, fragrance suppliers, anyone creating a material that you would put into a product, these are chemists, they're scientists, they have lots of data and information, but where it's housed and how it's used is obviously just it's a little bit more archaic, kind of what you're saying. They put it in white papers, they put it in file cabinets. It's not in a place where you can readily get access to it and understand anything you want about a material. And so ultimately the technology that we've introduced to streamline a lot of this is to say, hey, if we work with suppliers to basically bring on their information online and digitize it, we can easily have a better picture of the sustainability impact and the health impact of that material. And that does two things. One is it helps put it in front of brands who are looking for that much more rapidly so they can discover materials and find better materials, which is problem number one. But two, it gives a lot of insight to the suppliers who are desperate to understand how do I market my materials? Are they relevant? How can I adjust our R&D roadmaps to bring new materials to market that we know brands want? And so as we started to do this, we found that we were actually creating a really compelling way to do commerce in the more digital age, which is online with data and transparency and facilitating that. And so that's a lot of what we do with our technology is the transparency element actually enables faster purchasing decisions, faster time to market and more sales for chemical suppliers who at the end of the day, that's what they're they're looking for. I want to really quick go through like sort of the, like, I guess the pillars of, of, of what the company does and maybe just yeah. attack really quickly what Novi accomplishes for each one of these. So let's like start with brands, right? Yes. What what can they get out of, out of Novi? So there's three main aspects of what brands get out of Novi. The first is research. So when you're a brand going to market, there's a very complex ecosystem that you have to navigate on what is my story? What is the, what is my ethos? What do I want to stand for? And that can be everything from natural, plant-based, biodegradable, vegan. I want to sell in Europe. I want to sell at Target and target clean. I want, there's like so many things. So research and understanding what those things are, what it takes to be compliant with those different um, standards and certifications. And then we start to go into the next phase. So the next phase is like, okay, once I understand what I want to be, how do I find materials that have been pre-verified to meet those standards? And so you can start to go search and discover actual things like packaging that is curbside recyclable or PCR or glycerin that's vegan and also responsibly sourced palm oil or, you know, whatever you're looking for. And then the third is build. And so when you think about it, a brand has to find, you know, 50, 70 different materials as they put together one product. And so you can start to build that, but in an, a digital way to understand how those materials go together and what the overall sustainability and health impact of your product is. So that's what brands can holistically get out of the platform. That's amazing. What about manufacturers? Yes. So manufacturers are very interesting because they are usually supporting a brand in this development process. Um, but many times they're also just trying to build products for their many brand clients and are under the same pressures of, I need to figure out how to build this yeah. vegan, clean face wash or whatever. And so they're leveraging the platform very similarly, which is understanding the different, you know, things, the standards, claims, whatever they're trying to achieve, sourcing materials, and then yeah. using the build software to do that. Yeah. And then the suppliers, which... Yeah. I don't know if it would be the most, I think like manufacturing suppliers seem to be the most, they make all this run, right? So like, yeah. 
having the suppliers be a part of this and, and being willing to, to sort of want to want this, like how, how do they use this? Suppliers are listing their materials. And so you, you know, when you think about gotcha. a brand wanting to source the glycerin, well, there's hundreds of glycerin suppliers out there. So what they're doing is they're listing their glycerin and they're giving us the data so that we can say, Hey, we found this glycerin is, meeting all these different standards that you might care about as a brand. So you can compare side by side. So they're listing in order to get more business and we drive sales to, to those suppliers. So that's their primary objective, but also they get more visibility into what they need, what brands are demanding, what they can do to, you know, be more relevant, that kind of stuff. Going back a little bit to your time as just a data science in, in general, right? And, you know, Eventbrite, tech-based company, right? Not really physical products in, involved in any in any of that. And even prior to that with uh, with your experience. So like getting, coming into a space where physical products are involved, right? And trying to get big data into this to help solve a, a lot of these pain points, like you mentioned, what were some of the first, I guess, steps did you reach out to one supplier, one manufacturer? Like, how would you even get the ball rolling? Come in, you know, data science coming into this yeah. this sort of space. <laughs> That's exactly. I mean, we ended up. I flew out to New Jersey and sat down in some of these manufacturing plants and side by side with some of these suppliers, asking questions like, "How? What do you do?" And looked at the lab. And you know, there's a lot of really crazy stuff that goes on, and just really learning about the space. So it was showing up, sitting down having the conversations and then talking on the brand side, talking with tons of different brands around like, how do you develop products? What is the process? How do you source materials? Uh, and just getting a lay of the land. Cause you're right. I think the interesting part of this is because it, it deals in physical goods. A lot of the way that industry has always operated is through trade shows and door-to-door -door sales, because you're bringing a physical good and trying to sell it to somebody. And so there needs, you know, to be that, um, in-person interaction. And so what was interesting in the early days is because of COVID, all of that went away. And so right. there was a larger void that we were able to fill um, that probably would have been a harder thing to combat in the early days since every the concept of a trade show and door-to-door -door sales were so entrenched in how the industry operates. What I love about the platform for what I've seen and kind of used so far is that I think this is going to enable a ton of more entrepreneurs because I think that barrier to entry becomes even less and less now. This to me was the last hurdle because like you could spin up a website pretty quickly, even like a pretty decent e-commerce site. You can have your, you know, email marketing built up. Like you can have the nuts and bolts of like building a brand, you get designers, like you can have that part ready to go, right? Yep. But if you're making like, you know, soap or you're making like sneakers or you're doing like protein bars, right? It's like, that's such a different, like you can't do that by yourself, right? right. Like the previous things, you could probably do that with a friend. You can get that stuff, you know, hire a freelancer. But for this, it's a whole different ballgame. So allowing now these entrepreneurs that even had an idea, you know, maybe had some skill sets, have people around them that can do the tech side of things. And now they can go and do the physical stuff that's always been very difficult. I think there's just going to be a boom of, of brands and entrepreneurs now. Exactly. I think you've hit it head on for us. Our biggest mission is to give accessibility to these small and up and coming mm. brands. Yep. I think the it's the amazing piece of this from a mission perspective is we're ultimately here because we want to drive change in products that consumers use in the way that they impact the environment. And so we've decided that the best way to do that is to enable by building tools for brands, enable them to do that. But the 
up and coming indie brands and startups, they're the ones that are driving that change. And they're the ones that are, you know, consumers are wanting to put their dollars towards. And so from that perspective, when you think about a brand just starting out, there's also implications on cash flow and the affordability of these materials, especially when you want to find better materials, they can be more expensive. And so from our perspective, as we're building this ecosystem and this network, we're able to offer up things like financing and better pricing and, and terms. And that's a big piece of the puzzle for us so that we can enable and give access to these creators. Like you said, I love that. It's a a new evolution (laughs) development. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's really, it's really a great time to, to kind of want to do stuff. I want to go to maybe the business model here for a second. Yeah. And is it essentially a, a marketplace where if a brand, you know, buys uh, supplies from a supplier, you just get a small sort of fee for yeah. the purchase thing? Is that, is that how it works? Yep, that's exactly correct. And then when you think about more complex development going into the design side of the software where you're building that you have um, SaaS, a SaaS subscription model for access to that. But at the basic level, you brand can go in for free search purchase, and then we just take a cut of that transaction. Elaborate, if you will, a little bit on the design side. So you mean somebody can do a sort of whole product design or like initiation or creation through it? Correct. Can maybe go through an example? Yep. So I might be searching for a bunch of different ingredients and find, I don't know, not a glycerin and a blueberry extract and some yeah. mineral oil or whatever. <laughs> um, but when I think about the combination and putting those materials together, I want to still make sure that I'm, maybe I'm really trying to sell in California and I want to make sure I'm CalProp 65 compliant mm. and um, I can still vie to sell at Grove Collaborative and I want to make sure everything together is still vegan. So all that to say is you can drag and drop essentially those materials into a builder, formula builder. And then what we do is we show you like, yes, your entire formula meets or doesn't, or you could, this is not going to work out anymore. You need to use it at a smaller concentration, or here are other materials that you should consider if you want to go to market with those standards. We basically do a lot of recommendation and help um, in that experience to get the brand to select the best materials for what they're trying to accomplish. And you'll just raise a good bit of money. Yes. Uh, so what is it, what does it look like? I guess the next, the roadmap, I guess, when, when you get this type yep. of funding, like what is the acceleration process? Is it just getting more suppliers, more manufacturers, like just building out the marketplace? Yeah. Well, the, the biggest piece of this is we have very consciously started in the personal care and beauty category, mm-hmm. our focus area, largely because it's actually a very large market and there's thousands Huge. of suppliers yeah. and brands in that market. <laughs> And that concentration has enabled us to provide a really, really useful platform, but we've seen organic traction into household cleaning products and food, and it starts to just blow up. And that's always been the vision. And so this funding allows us to more rapidly grow into those categories and then also build out just other pieces of the pie that we haven't done necessarily more technology for suppliers, bring them on, let them have a good experience in the platform. So as you look, maybe like, you know, five years down the line, What does success look like? Is it, you know, do, like you said, is it having the ability for like a fashion designer to come on and and do what they want to do, right? Or, you know, even if it's a new, a wine company, right? Like how do we, we extend, is extensions into every different sort of business sector, product sector, is that sort of the mission? Is that the overall vision? And that would, what would success would be? That's a hundred percent correct. So for us, Um, I think the interesting dynamic of the category that we started in is consumer demand is definitely pulling 
and forcing brands to make change and create better products. So consumer demand and personal care and beauty is just like, we all want to know what's in our product because we're putting it on our faces and you know yeah. putting it on our kids and, and whatnot. But I think what we're learning is that we can rapidly accelerate the progress of towards sustainable and better products by giving these tools to brands. And so the goal here is not only just to expand into all categories, because that's obviously makes a lot of sense from a, a reach and a value perspective, but we can accelerate the impact that we have on the environment and consumers by giving the brands the tools earlier in these categories that might be lagging. And so like, a, in my opinion, a lagging category example would be building materials, but we know there's yep. a ton of toxins that go into paints yeah, and sprays right. and aerosols and they're in our homes and we're breathing it in every day. Consumer demand isn't necessarily there yet because that's a really tough category. But if we yeah. have figured out the solution in the playbook in the previous categories, we can rapidly accelerate change in those in the future. And so really the look here is like five to 10 years, this is becoming just commonplace in how you develop yeah. products. We no yep. longer have to wait on consumers to pull those categories in. Amazing. One last question here. We, yeah. we talked a little bit before about you know, how I think this will spur tons of new brands and, and entrepreneurs. But, you know, also at the end of the day, we need these big companies to make the shift yeah. too. Yep. That's where I think the real impact will sort of happen. What has conversations been like with them? It's been pretty fascinating because going back to the consumer demand, these larger brands, and we're actually working with a number of them now, even at the CPG level, are recognizing that in order to stay relevant, they have to make these changes. And we're just seeing a shift in society in general where like ESG standards are being pushed down at the board level. And so yeah. the boards of these huge companies are making push pushes to have them make change. So what we're seeing there is there's two ways that they're doing this. One is they actually are trying to turn over and reformulate some of their existing products to be more relevant, but then two, they are really leaning into acquiring the up and coming startups and indie brands. Yeah. And so for us, the better strategy is how do we enable that small brand grow with them and get them to a place where they are able to make a bunch of money because we were able to give them access in the beginning because they had yeah. all the tools that they needed. So they, they can get acquired by the Unilevers and the PNGs of the world. And that will slowly turn over the, the product categories and lines that they're, they're selling to consumers. So we're kind of still doing this from a bottoms up approach, but if there are ways that we can help those larger brands rethink current lines of, or just product lines in general, we're absolutely, you know, leaning into that when we can. Amazing. Well, Thank you so much, Kimberly. This is, uh, to me, it's it's going to be one of the biggest uh, things that the industry has seen in a very long time. I think it's going to really impact the space. I think move it forward. Like you said, consumers are kind of, I think, a little bit ahead of, of, of the brands and the businesses. So I think this is going to enable products and businesses to get on a level where I think consumers expect it or, or at least want it to be, want it to get there and then you know, eventually make this make this pretty normalized. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the goal for for a lot of people that I speak to and and, and you as well. So best of luck for, for the next decade to come. Thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it.